0: Hey everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Prerequisite, the Penn State Shenango podcast. We have a fun episode on the way for you today. Let's get started. We are back. The semester is rolling along. I'm excited. The energy's high. The the positive vibes are here. And I personally am just super excited about this incoming class and all of our returners and all the exciting things going on here at Penn State Shenango at the present moment. We have a great episode lined up for you today. Very excited to get started. I think uh, the weather would be a little bit more cooperative. I'd be happier. But, uh, you know, can't can't win them all. We had a great back-to-school bash yesterday. It was fantastic. The students were out there uh, playing football, cornhole. The food was good. Just can't say enough good things. Bruce was trying to sell uh, free. <laughs> sell free. Oh, did
1: you get rid
2: of any? <laughs> uh, like, like seven or eight of
1: them. That's cool. Good job. For legal uh, purposes.
0: Brazilian it was a joke. Yes. It was a joke.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> We're laughing.
2: You can't, you can't give them away, so there ain't no way we can sell
4: them. F1. Isn't that the truth?
3: I even tried to give some away. Nope.
2: Nope. They Couldn't didn't do want
3: them. No.
0: Couldn't do it.
2: Well, to be fair, I believe we received like three times the amount of webcams versus students. So.
0: <laughs> I think uh, we we need you to dress up as like a giant webcam. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and you can say ask me about my webcams and i think people will really enjoy that <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on to <laughs> announcements before i make things worse <laughs> who would like to get us started
5: i will cuz i'm not laughing <laughs> <laughs> slightly um Okay, so looks like we have a few things going on this week. The library is having their open house along with the Shark, which is the Shenango Academic Resource Center. It will be over at Larts Memorial Library from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Monday the 28th. On Wednesday the 30th is our annual Connections Fair. This is where you can join clubs or organizations, see what jobs are available on campus, and just get involved in general. It will be outside on the Forker Lawn. And then on Friday, it looks like the library is having another event. So two events in one week. Wow! It's a Harry Potter event. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that's right. On Friday, September first at twelve fifteen. I think it'll be super fun. I think it's because it's in line with, um, like, I don't know if the first book was put out on oh the anniversary. Yeah. So it's along those lines. So. Can
0: you find a way for us to play Quidditch on the intramural fields?
5: Do you, uh, do you uh. have a flying broomstick?
0: Well, there's a way well, you can you do it. Without. With, uh, you oh. have to you have to pretend like you're magical yeah. and you're flying. But I think you, like, run, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
1: What is, it's like... Uh, I actually
0: first heard about it from the University of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, they they did it. It was, like, really, really popular in, like, the mid-2000s. But I don't... I'll have to look up a video.
5: Yeah. But Quidditch itself was dangerous, so is the... Non flying version dangerous as well.
0: Listen, we've found that <laughs> wiffle ball can be dangerous here, That's, so yeah. let's not. <laughs> That's you very know, true. Last year, <laughs> let's let's not shoot any any uh, Quidditch. Yeah,
3: cup anything down. can happen. Yeah,
0: yeah, and but I I'll think come. it would be fun. I'm
3: gonna come yeah. watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have.
0: Who's next?
3: I, I could go up. next. <laughs> okay,
0: Carolyn. Care I get so
3: excited. hit me with it. Please pick up your farmer's market voucher for $10 for the farmer's market in Sharon. That is Saturday morning or Wednesday evenings. Um, you can get fresh fruits and veggies. I love it. I know. Oh. I didn't. Where can they pick them up from? Oh, sorry. Student, it's okay. Student affairs. See oh. Leah, please. I genuinely didn't know. So. Oh, that was a, a good, good question. question. <laughs> Great question. I think everybody knows. <laughs> no. Or see me and I'll get you one.
0: Yeah. By the way, I love the yellow.
3: Thank you. Yeah, it's it's
0: fantastic.
3: Ray of sunshine. I I am a ray of sunshine.
5: (laughs) You
0: are, Yeah, I I wouldn't disagree with that. That's totally true. So
3: (laughs) that's the look I was going for this morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's working. It's working. Erica.
3: Okay, I've
1: got a lot of stuff here. I love it. I will try to summarize it very well so people won't be bored. I'm going to start off with the Undergraduate Research Jumpstart Program. Um, this is for students interested in starting their research early. Um, I will not read this entire thing, but there's an impro I'm <laughs> a preacher man? If you are interested in starting your research early, um, there is an application that is due by September 8th. For more information, I'm guessing you can see Tasha Lambert in Student Affairs on the second floor. Um, they also have a remote program on Wednesdays from 3 to 4 via Zoom. Like I said, she will have more information, hopefully, and you do that research. Yes. <laughs> Tasha's
5: not in sh- uh, student affairs. She's in academic affairs. Isn't
1: that, that's not, that's not mm-hmm. what I said. See, this is, this is what I But if need you come to you student affairs, down. we will so take good. you to Tasha. Yes. So. In academic affairs. <laughs> In academic affairs. Yes. (laughs) All right. So on to other announcements Uh, on September 13th, we have our first diversity series film Latinos Beyond Real. It'll be in Lecture Hall 222. This film will focus on media stereotypes and also hopefully in help you envision alternative representation, excuse me, representations and models for the Latino community. Um, Also in September we have the Jane Williams Run and Walk on September 30th. If you are interested in volunteering that day or if you're interested in participating please see me in Sharon Hall 218. I will be taking I guess we'll be taking registrants pretty much up until that Friday so come see me as soon as possible. Um, and also who can forget the McDowell scholarship dinner. (laughs) I couldn't, I can't, no matter how hard I try. Um, the scholarship dinner will be at the Corinthian on October 12th. Um, you should be receiving your invitations this week, hopefully in the mail. Um, if you have any problems and you feel like you did not get an invitation when you should have, then please come see me in Sharon hall. 218. Um, this, in, this um, event is for all students who received any kind of scholarship from Penn State University or the Shenango campus or outside organizations. So you should, more than likely, everybody is invited to this thing. So can't wait to see you. Oh, the guest speaker that day is David Harris. I don't remember what class he graduated from, but he is a Shenango grad. That is all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to Cassandra real quick.
5: Yeah, we've, we, um, you, you inspired us to, aka, you inspired Andy to look at me and talk about, oh. um,
0: I mouthed. Yes. Ice cream, ice cream
5: scooping. scooping. Oh, yeah. Ice uh, cream. Buell Day, which is on Monday, September 4th. You guys do not have classes that day, so come Good out. Good reminder. Yes. Yeah, so if you come to campus, it will be closed. However... <laughs> There is some super fun things happening at Buell Park, which is Mm -hmm. very close to campus, less than 10 minutes away. And at that day is a table from Student Affairs where we are scooping ice cream to raise money for alternative spring break. So if that's something you are interested in, we highly encourage that you contact Leah Sizer in Student Affairs to sign up to scoop the ice cream. If you are just able to come to the event, please come over and buy some ice cream from us. They'll have multiple different flavors there as well. Super good ice cream. Peachy it's Paterno delicious. is my favorite. Yes. Hmm. Makes you think it's healthy at good the same stuff. time. Right? <laughs> it has fruit in it. You yeah, <laughs>
0: It's just yogurt, you know? It's healthy. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, I'm afraid to ask, Bruce, do you have any announcements that you'd like to share?
2: I have a follow-up and then announcements. Ooh. Oh, my. As in, you should probably follow up with me about 222 since there's no AV equipment in there for showing videos.
1: Uh, <laughs> Hey, Bruce, you're going to need equipment in 222.
2: Hey. I will fill out that
1: form. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Anyway. (laughs) And sorry.
2: So if you have not got your ID card, we still have some from last semester. (laughs) Um, We may be able to get those to you. Uh, We still have those. Um, If you need a new one, technically it's not our department, but the machine's located in our office. So if you stop by our office or Sharon Hall 201, we will get you that ID card. Also, if you need uh, Wi-Fi's or (laughs) offices, which is like Word, Excel, PowerPoint, (laughs) or everyone's favorite, MAFA, MAFA. Yeah. Uh, If you do not know if you have a backup device set for multi-factor authentication, you may want to also stop by and check that out. Um, If you feel that you keep having to type a six-digit code into your multi-factor authentication instead of a two-digit code, you are not doing it right. And you should probably stop by also, and we can get you set up with that. Anything IT-related I missed, feel free to also stop by
0: or even just to say hi. So, yeah. Great. Any other announcements? I think that's it. Are you sure?
2: No. Um, I'm sure I could come up with something, but <laughs> okay. for the moment, that's where we're at.
0: We can always circle back at the end of the episode. Right.
2: <laughs> That'll
1: be your spotlight. <laughs> yeah. Hey, spotlight, one more thing I have to bring up. Right? Yeah.
0: All right, so uh, let's let's move on to our guest since we have uh, you know wonderful stuff going on. And how do you introduce someone that that really doesn't need an introduction? This person is a Penn Stater through and through. Just wrapped up an exceptional tenure at Hope Cat. Uh, huge, huge uh, presence in the community. You've probably heard him sing once or twice, especially if you visit one of my favorite places around Christmas time, which is Cottage Gardens. Um, But today on the hot seat, we welcome the project coordinator, of the LaunchBox, Tom Roberts. Good morning. Hey, Tom. How are we doing? (laughs) Super duper. Although as one of the students said, I have to come up with a different answer for how I'm doing, but Normally I'm doing super, so there's, there's no reason to, but, uh, what
2: about fantastic?
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe fantastic. Uh, Tom, you're a Penn Stater. I um, am. Uh, let's, uh, you know, I guess I don't know that story. I mean, I know obviously you, you graduated from Penn State. So how did you end up uh, attending University Park and what was that experience like? And I do, sure. I do know a little bit, but yeah. I, you know, please fill in the blanks for
6: us. Sure. So I, I was a marching band kid and growing up, and I was 12 years old. I was in the concert band, and, man, my dad took me to homecoming. And I think it was a Penn State-West Virginia game and ah. sitting in the stands on the 35-yard line, and I watched all these old people in white jackets come out and perform. And <laughs> I was like, well, what are those people? Well, those are the alumni marching band people. They are all graduated from Penn State already, and they performed, and then they left the field. Then the blue band came pouring out of the tunnel, drum major came down, did a flip, and the stadium went crazy, and I was hooked. Uh, I said, someday I want to march in the marching band, I want to be the drum major, and I want to come to Penn State, and I want to be that guy who did the flip. Why? At 12 years old, I was four foot nothing, braces, acne, <laughs> I was so intrigued, like, but that was my dream at 12, and I went home and I told my best friend, Angie, and I hope she's listening to this podcast, and I said, Angie, I said, I'm going to go to Penn State and I want to be the drum major. And she did the best thing. She laughed at me <laughs> oh. and she said, you're kidding. I said, no, I really want to do that. And so I was on a mission from 12 years old. I, a singular, I only wanted to go to Penn State. I wanted to march in the band and I wanted to try to earn that position. And then I learned about leadership. I learned about you know school, business, all that stuff. And then I finally managed to get to Penn State, made it into Penn State, Um, made it into the blue band, like all those things. And then I was blessed to have the opportunity to serve the band for two years. And I've missed one homecoming since 1990. Really? So, yeah, that was 2014, the year my dad passed. Okay. But other than that, I've been on the field performing at Penn State, either as an undergrad or as an alumni, and I'll be back this fall again. So, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite things to do, and um, I love Penn State.
0: What's that like as an alumni, like when you get to go back on the field and perform? What's that like? It's got to be amazing.
6: It's it's one of the coolest things. Uh, You're out there with your family, uh, like your blue band family is what Mm -hmm. I perform with. And uh, we it'd be like playing football at Penn State. and You get to come back for a scrimmage in front of one hundred and ten thousand people, right? (laughs) Think about that. We get to do that every year. So once a year we practice for exactly like two hours. And then we line up, and we run onto the field, and we play, we spin batons, we entertain the stadium, and then we cheer on the current blue band, and then we perform with them, and then we go play in the stands. And I get to still conduct in the stands and um, you know, spend a lot of time with you know kids in the—I I, I help coach some of the leadership of the officers of the band and the current drum major. So I'm still very much connected, and uh, it's— it truly is. It's cool to be able to bring something to life that's a, a tradition of Penn State and music just moves you. Mm-hmm. And the, the band, of course, has continued to grow and change. Um, but, yeah, just that connectivity. Uh, it's fun. So.
3: Did you get to do your front flip? <laughs>
6: <laughs> when? At homecoming? Uh, yeah. <laughs> At any time. That was oh, going to yeah. be my question. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I did it. I did it for I actually flipped to Penn State until I was almost 40. Every year I go back flipping and then finally I had like double hernia repair surgery and I'm like, you (laughs) know, I think I'm about done. So, uh, uh, but yeah, no, I've, I flipped as an undergrad. I flipped for years as an alum and, uh, it was, it was a blast. It was really cool.
0: Oh my heavens. What a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
3: Everybody else was thinking it. I, I totally I, was. Yeah. <laughs> I totally was.
0: Because I've seen pictures and I'm thinking like, how long could one do that? Because I feel like now, one, I could never flip, by the way. Don't, I'm not, let's not <laughs> get like, it. Okay, there's Andy, no, go There's for no confusion. It. <laughs> if I flip, I'm hurting myself. Neck, 100%. back, I'm not sure. My thing is, I feel like if I if I could flip, which again, I can't. Uh, if I land, I feel like my knees will just buckle <laughs> and I will go straight to the ground. Um, yes. So the fact that you could do that till you're 40... I, I guess I can't even like imagine that that feeling when you land. Um, <laughs> it gets more and more painful the older you get. I'm I won't sure. even do uh, it on a trampoline, so <laughs> I could never. Oh my god! Yeah, goodness. it's
6: a wild tradition. It, it was cool to do it, and glad to not do it anymore. Are I'm you holding to... an
5: instrument at the same time? No, you, oh, thank goodness. No, okay. it's it's
6: uh, you wear like an I was gonna say. you wear a crazy out, like a big wool outfit mm-hmm. with a jacket, and um, you have this eighteen inch hat which, you, I mean, you can't see anything. The the thing is, you get like a football chin strap, the hat's down, you can't see a blasted thing, and then you run, and you do it on the 50-yard line, and then you get up, and you have to run 60 yards back and do a second one in the end zone. Oh, my god! And then you march the rest of pregame. So it's, it's the craziest tradition, <laughs> filled with distractions, um, but it's really, it's a very cool moment. If you've ever been to Beaver Stadium, it's one of the coolest moments. Everybody knows, did he make it or miss? Mm-hmm. And uh, they... <laughs> keep track of that stuff. So well, have
4: how you, how you ever missed doing that. I was
3: would
6: not quit. <laughs> I was I was very blessed. Uh, I didn't miss one as a drum major. I landed a few in the end zone low, but I never I never missed a flip. Nice in, in
0: two years. And I was very happy about
3: nice. that. Nice. All right, I'm done now. So now are it's all
6: on the
0: gone. same page. <laughs> so I knew this is gonna be an extra long episode because I have so many more questions about the flips. And maybe I'll just choose one. So Tom Could you always flip like before you got to college, were you like practicing knowing like this is what I want? Like, right. You said you said you've known you want to do this since you were 12. Right. So like when you're 14, you're like, all right, now I'm practicing my flips because I know this is what I want to do. Because, again, like that's not flipping is not just something that people do. Right. Like that's something you know. You have to be brave enough, one, to do that. So, like, when did you start practicing flipping and... Twelve years
6: old. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Now, Honestly, I didn't do anything gymnastics until I was at Penn State. And when they say your your network is your net worth and you build strong relationships, that all... I had a guy... I I had no money. I was barely scraping to get to college. Um, I had a friend who had a car, and then I had friends that were... the Actually, Dr. Bundy was the, the blue band director... Um, his wife, their two daughters were in gymnastics and they went to um, Nittany Gymnastics was down the road. So I would hitch ride with the Bundys or borrow my buddy's car, uh, Dave Burnham, and I would go out there and I got free gymnastics lessons from Mike, the owner of Nittany Gymnastics. God rest oh, his soul. Wow. Great guy. Wow. And then the Bundy daughters, uh, Jen and Heather, would I was the, the guy who didn't know what he was doing in the corner. <laughs> they, they helped me along the way to learn how to flip. And I started by springy board into a big foam pit which you'd like flip into the pit then you'd climb yourself out do it again trampoline and then eventually the the ground gets more and more solid and then the joke becomes well eventually just you know you go from like from that to gymnastics floor to gymnastics floor then you do from grass to grass and then you just put on a uniform 300 musicians (laughs) 110,000 people and you do it in Beaver Stadium so uh but yeah it was a progression I started end of my sophomore year end of my I guess it was fall of my sophomore year I started training and then I auditioned spring of my sophomore year earned it and then my first flipping year was fall of 92 and I flipped for 92 and 93 football seasons so
0: it's pretty cool in wool as he mentioned yeah. 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 I <laughs> might add that those
4: September games would not be really
0: breeds yes let <laughs> me tell you
6: especially in uh, Orlando in a soupy uh, hot oh, bowl game oh, yeah. wherever you might end
0: up being so oh. All right. Well, that's my last flipping question. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I think the unique thing about you, Tom, is like the fact that you didn't grow up here and you're like kind of a, a, a you know, a Penn State or Penn State, or, right? Like very specific to University Park. Um, now you're here. Now you're such a friend to the Shenango mm-hmm. campus. Uh, how did that come about? I mean, obviously this is a long story, so feel free to elaborate as much as you want.
6: Yeah. Well, uh, the... When people say, well, how did you end up here? I, yeah. It's a short story. I, I chased a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is. And uh, my wife, Ryan's amazing, and I met her at a wedding, and uh, I j- we just started, we just hit it off. And I said, hey, I don't know, have no idea how to make this work. I have this corporate job. I travel 80% of the time. I live in Philly. Um, you live in Hermitage, Sharon area. She checked email once a month. She had no cell phone. <laughs> worked in a family business. Perfect, match made in heaven, right? <laughs> right. Um, but we made it work, and I traveled out here a bunch, and all of a sudden, all my flights went through Pittsburgh uh, oh, for man. a year, and then I realized, you know what, if this is really the real deal, I need to move here. So I, I moved here. We ended up marrying in 2005. Uh, my wife, her family business is Cottage Gardens, and um, I continued to keep that corporate job and all the travel, and I was kind of a visitor in town. And I knew that there was this campus, I thought it was called Shenango, but there was like this, the Great Wall, which was between (laughs) campus and town back then. Like, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of Penn Staters like, yeah, 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 that's, but yeah, that's, well, that's the Shenango campus. Like, I give Joanne credit, uh, Dr. Joanne Carrick, all the credit. She really broke down that wall in her leadership to connect the community to Penn State. Shenango campus and really led the charge with getting involved in the community and putting a, the Shenango brand in the community. Flash forward almost 10 years later, right? Penn State Shenango, this is a college town now. It, the city of Sharon, their leadership, uh, the the wall is broken down. I discovered the Shenango campus through Joanne and then worked with her and other community leaders collaboratively with Hope Cat to really uh, let's look at all the assets we have. And we have a huge asset with the Penn State brand, the Shenango campus, and we started to look with economic development driving eyes, what are the assets and how can we build off of them? We have Penn State in downtown Sharon. How do we leverage that? And that really was like a trigger to me. And then along my pathway, I left my corporate job, I worked with Cottage Gardens, I worked at the hospital, building relationships. When HopeCat started, well, how does Penn State, Hope Cat? Community. How do we leverage all that? It just through all those relationships. Like now, I, I love Shenango. I love that it's here. I love that we're building Athletics. I love that we're building Launchbox. Uh, like we have so many good things cooking, uh, but it's built organically and through strong relationships.
0: Wow.
1: Nailed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta say
0: that. Uh, what year did uh, Joanne start here?
1: Twenty fourteen.
0: Uh, what a great year for. Yeah. Penn State employees coming in, honestly. Absolutely. Might might be the best year in the history oh, of the campus. On. That was maybe, my freshman year. Maybe. <laughs> That's really? That's Andy started. <laughs> That's the year <laughs> I think I
3: started temping here. Oh, so. I figured, See, look at that. I mean, amazing mm-hmm. things.
0: Wow, that class of 2014 just. Oh,
3: okay. I think I might have started part time in 2014. Yeah. I have to wow. go back. Wow. But uh-huh. not full time until 2017. I have to go back and look at my Yeah, resume. me too, kind of to think about it
1: because it's either 2014 <laughs> or 2015. <laughs> Either oh my way, goodness. sure. I, I will accept that as an answer. I
0: thought maybe yes. I could, uh, you know, get that consensus. If
3: not, I need to change my resume to say 2014.
0: <laughs> Just talk to HR, they'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I, I had no idea that you worked at Cottage Garden, so how long did you work there specifically then? About five years.
6: Really? Yeah, I needed a, a hard shift from my corporate world. I was, honestly, I was in airports and hotels for 80% of my time and I, I was a U.S. retail vice president, and I wanted to do something community-based, nonprofit, um, ideally in the education space, and if it had the arts involved, that'd be a dream. Well, that was my dream when I left there, left my corporate job in 2007, so Cottage Gardens was at a pivot point as an organization. I said, well, I can come in and be a general manager. I'll help transition key roles, work with the office. And I, I just came in and worked on processes and generational shift of ownership behind the scenes. But I always knew that wasn't going to be my last stop. So then I, I applied and got hired at the hospital, which is the community's, at the time, largest nonprofit, and with the desire to just help people. So I learned healthcare In about three years, I was there. And then I got hired to start Hope Cat uh, in that December of 14. And I leveraged all of that experience all those years, really primed me to really be a founding executive director and lead a startup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they handed me a business plan and they had already filed their incorporation pieces. We just had to raise a lot of money and, and get it going. And I thought it was the greatest opportunity to, to leverage my experience, to help start something up in this community, and go. So I did that and was there for eight and a half years, glorious years. We have an exceptional uh, successor to me. Her name is Lori Hines and Hope Cat's still running strong. Um, and I just get to play now with entrepreneurs and I started my own company. So it's kind of, it all has played well for what, where I want to be in my career and where I want to go.
0: I think our listeners know Cottage Gardens well because I've talked about it many a times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, you know, one thing that we probably haven't talked a lot about on the podcast is HopeCat. And I know you just kind of wrapped up your tenure there. But, uh, you know, I think everyone in this room's probably had some experience with HopeCat. Can mm-hmm. you kind of share with our listeners, you know, what HopeCat is and what they can sure. kind of do?
6: Yeah, so HopeCat is a, it's a 501c3 nonprofit prof, uh, profit founded on a big idea. Um, which was inspired by a guy named Bill Strickland he 's a MacArthur Genius award winner um, he 's got one of the most viewed TED talks of all time and really the this like a hope, hope cat has become a hub in our community for responding to the employment needs and also mentorship and getting people on a pathway and uh you know, we can't be all things to all people as an organization at HopeCat, right? So we, we started to, to build collaborations with uh, first responders. Uh, HopeCat's a private licensed school training adults in the medical field. And then also like a, a, a growing youth arts program, which focuses on mentorship. So we literally will meet somebody. Oh, by the way, all the programs up there are no cost, right? So... Like for instance, uh, one of our students might graduate from our medical assistant program at Hope Cat, and I'll always say our because it's sure. just how I, I get it. even I get though it. I'm off, I'm no longer there. But um, uh, they will then get a no cost diplo- you know diploma from Hope Cat, primes them to come to Penn State Shenango, get a nursing degree, and work in the healthcare field, right? And then get that B.S.R.N. But that it lowers that. Uh, piece. And actually, that's a true story. One of our students graduated uh, last year. She started at Shenango as a freshman, graduated from Sharon High, and um, she didn't do so hot in her fall semester at Shenango. She just wasn't clicking with anatomy physiology in that moment in her life. She wasn't clicking. Um, Then next spring, she applied to Hope Cat. She got in in the fall. She graduated. She's now working for UPMC as a medical assistant, and she just applied to nursing school. And now she's ready, and she intends to do the BSRN. So, like, HopeCat's there to help students that are in high school find their pathway, like Morgan, one of our current students at Shenango, um, was a youth arts pottery student for four years at HopeCat, is now here for 18 months to two years before she heads down to University Park. Um, Or the student that may try college, fail, finally decide now it's ready to go. Well, here's a hand up. You got to do the work, even though it's free. HopeCat's really found that gel, and we we even partnered with Penn State to do some first responder training. And, you know, HopeCat's going to grow in that regard, plus the financial services industry. HopeCat's a big idea that puts faith in relationships and people in mentorship, and it collaborates. That's really what they want to do, and um, it, there's some really good things coming down the pipeline. And with Lori Hines as the executive director, she's going to do fabulous, fabulous work there.
0: Wow. Oh, and that's where LaunchBox is located, by the
6: way.
0: <laughs> uh, Look at that. Per- perfect, perfect segue. segue. Uh, the thing that I think, uh, you know, obviously we're really excited to talk about with you today, and I think the thing that probably has a ton of buzz right now is the Shenango LaunchBox. Mm-hmm. And I think... Powered by the greater sharing community. <laughs> <laughs> There's no better person, obviously, to have on about this. But I think, like, you know, we we explain it to the community, our students, but I think you do such an exceptional job. So. I'm going to throw it over to you. What is the Shenango LaunchBox?
6: Sure. So um, the website, first of all, I'll start with that, is uh, shenango.launchbox, L-A-U-N-C-H-B-O-X, Dot e d u. It's loud, it's long, but actually it makes sense when you think about <laughs> right, it, right? Right, right. Um, so it was a really big idea, uh, and I'll give uh, you know uh, Ty Cole, when he was here as development director, um, you know, I was up at HopeCat, he was here and he walked in and he's like, Hey, we have these economic development match dollars available that have been earmarked for the Shenango campus. We're trying to figure out how to use them, leverage it to drive, you know, entrepreneurship and economic development in the community. And he and I, God, we spent hours trying to figure out, okay, well, what are the rules that Penn State will allow and what will count? And well, Penn State's willing to give two million to this pro to these two projects, but we gotta find somebody to write a check for another two million, and then it'll create this endowment, which will fund it. Right? Big idea, but I don't know about you, but I don't know a lot of people that are just like, "Hey, I can cut you a cool million tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, right, right? Right. But out of the sky dropped COVID. Um, out of the sky also dropped fourteen point seven million to the city of Sharon for uh, the uh, American Rescue Plan Act (ARPA), and that's when c- true collaboration started with LaunchBox of how can we fund it and entrepreneurship, and there's a there's a big component there with the Community Foundation. I'll talk about that in a minute. But really, what is LaunchBox? Uh, it's a network of LaunchBoxes across the entire Commonwealth that are a part of the Penn State entrepreneurship vision. Um, there's only, I think, four or five of them that have established endowments. Um, but they've been doing great work for a few years. And I'm proud to say that Sharon's one of the only endowed organizations. Now it gets us enough to operate, but we're going to be continuing to build that endowment in years to come, but it provides uh, one-on-one counseling for entrepreneurs. If anybody either wants to start a business or already has a business and is looking for some support, get them to Launchbox, And, you know, I'd be the first person they'd meet. And what we'll do is, we're not going to give them all the answers, but we'll connect them to the resources, help them understand what stage of their business they're in, and we've built an ecosystem match or map, which will um, really connect the entrepreneur to the right resource. If it's grant funding, if it's loans, if it's seed money, if it's, you know, whatever it is that where they are. So that first step is just, hey, reach out, connect and say, hey, I think I'm, I have an idea or I have some help. We're also gonna be doing programming over the course of the year. There's a thing called Idea Design Lab, and these are gonna be like workshops that help aspiring entrepreneurs like design, develop, or refine their business ideas. So there'll actually be some structured workshops. Some may be virtual, some may be in person. Um, there's a thing called Idea Test Lab, where this is more geared towards customer discovery. And this is where you like do some in deeper investigation to see what the needs of your customer might be to see if it's even worth building a business, right? Because you may have this great idea, but there's no customers or the customers will never pay what you think you want to sell it for. So there's that idea. And then we'll also be doing um, some speaker series as well. So uh, this is part-time for me as a person for Penn State, so I'll be here 10, 15 hours a week and, and working with entrepreneurs and students and really anybody. By the way, big thing, all programs are free of charge, and you don't have to have an affiliation with Penn State to benefit. So you could just be... Um, Joe, and you live in the community and you have a big idea, and you've never, you've, you're finally triggered. I think I really want to start my own business. Start with Launchbox, and we'll get you through the process free legal through uh, Penn State law. Um, yeah, I benefited as I started my consulting <laughs> company. I worked with Penn State law, and they walked me through the process. All it cost me was the filing fee with the Commonwealth. It really works. So um, I'm a customer myself and i can advocate that the services are there they're real and we just really want to help entrepreneurs you know see if they have the the what it takes to get their dream going
0: yeah not not a bad thing to have uh you know penn state legal help you in, in and <laughs> right? in, in your in endeavors but uh <laughs> so are there any success stories that come to mind that you know or 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 stories that maybe would help uh our listening audience be like oh okay that that makes sense to me i can do that or i can you know that's an easy uh, starting place for me
6: sure so um i'm working with um a local film and video company right now uh that they 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 just started up they established their llc and they're like they, they contacted me a few months ago and they're like listen you know we we have this market opportunity how can we we, we're looking for a way to positively impact the Sharon, the greater Sharon area. So um, I, they, they had part of their LLC work already done. I'm not going to say who, but they had part of their LLC work already done. I reached out to Penn State Legal. Hey, here's the scenario. Can, can Penn State law, which is staffed by law students, by the mm-hmm. way, backed by an attorney, right? So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you actually sign an agreement, even though you don't pay anything, and they'll do the legal work for you governed by Pennsylvania law. Um, Well, what do you need? Well, I think I need an office space, and we need some editing and design space, so go to that ecosystem map, call my friends that have real estate available, establish tours. Um, Oh, great. Well, what's your next need? Well, I might need some more business consulting services. Well, we have a partnership also with the uh, small business um, SBDC out of Gannon, right, with Maggie Horn and her team, so we connect them there. Okay. Oh, well if you need other if you need financing, we can connect them to banks. If you're looking for seed funding, depending on where you are in your growth, uh, Ben Franklin Technology Fund, like so we're trying to be that connector for any entrepreneur. And so that's like a local that's in process right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's really the, the launch box has been going on for years. They have um, countless success stories out of University Park and um, New Kensington, you know, the, the, it's really cool to watch um, aspiring entrepreneurs learn what it really takes and then connect them to the resources and, you know, help them on their pathway. And for the record, I by am, am no expert. I learn by doing. Uh, I know enough to be dangerous sometimes, <laughs> but I am connected to such an amazing team of resources through LaunchBox that I have the confidence that we know exactly the right people to get you in front of based on where you are and we'll do everything we can to connect you with those people.
5: I think that's so important too because some people have great ideas but they're not planners. So the fact that, you know, you guys have all those resources to help them with the sides of the business that maybe they're not so great at or haven't mm-hmm. thought of, I think, you know, that additional support of in areas that they don't even know they're about to receive is hard to come by because you might go to this person like oh I know they have the answers for this and I'm like I don't know where to go from here Mm -hmm. you know those are you know real things I know so many students that have great ideas or can want to plan events for example something very small like they want to plan events but then they're like oh I didn't know I had to do this and I have to do this <laughs> mm-hmm. form and there's deadlines. Like there's so much stuff that, you know, you don't realize until you really start digging in. So the sooner they do it, mm-hmm. you know, the better. Cause even if they need time or whatnot, you know, you guys are always there to support.
6: Yeah. And, and entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, but it's really, it's a mindset. Like you can create the future you want, but it's not easy, right? You have to, it's a gut check and it's walking that tightrope with no net. And I got the first real taste of that when I stepped into Cats. you know, I was employee number one and they handed me a playbook. Whew. I knew what I had, you know, a couple hundred thousand in the bank and a, a grant for construction and go. And we built it. and I had the luxury of doing that with a whole team of people, a board, amazing leadership in the community. Um, Nobody does that alone, but when you're an entrepreneur, you know, when people say, what's your title? I say, I'm a social entrepreneur. I've I've built systems and work in the community and a lot in the nonprofit sector, but now I'm building my own consulting company while I'm helping entrepreneurs build their companies, right? Um, I would challenge any student or anybody out there, entrepreneurialism is a mindset. And it's it's thinking creatively about not just where you are, but where you want to go. And even the core concepts, if you learn them as a college student, then pack them back here in the back of your brain and then get some real-world experience, then maybe when you're in your 30s, 40s, or 50s, you'll get that courage to actually do it and then go and have fun with it. it but it's, it can be scary, too. So, but, um, you know, thankfully with the LaunchBox Network, you've got so many resources at your fingertips just by being in Pennsylvania. Um, it's really exciting to me to, to watch people discover the, the Pandora's
0: box of awesomeness that's there. See, I mean... Right? What else could you what say? What can you say? Yeah.
5: <laughs> when I'm ready to start my doggy rescue place, yeah. I'll be contacting you. Literally a life dream of mine. It will happen.
0: No Aww. doubts. Aww. No doubts.
3: What about those cats? No. <laughs> I like cats, but they don't need to be in with my doggies and I might just no. keep them all.
5: Be the cat dog. We're maybe.
0: always we're always <laughs> splitting the audience down the middle, but I, I actually I like both, that.
5: but I know how to take care of dogs much better.
0: <laughs> I love it. I think it's a cool idea. I think uh we need all the dogs need all the help they can get, but mm-hmm. anyways. So, you know, Tom, can we, we've established that you're such a friend of the campus. So, and I think we've also established why you're a friend of the campus, but but you're continuing to be, you know, a, a collaborator and a partner with, with Shenango. And you mentioned Dr. Carrick, but what has you excited about Penn State Shenango moving forward that, that keeps you coming back to, to help and and you'll work with us?
6: Well, the, the beauty of Shenango campus, uh, There's there's a young man I know right now, and he's a sophomore in high school. And he goes to Kennedy and, uh, you know, he's, he knows that I'm involved with Penn State. We've had him to Penn State football games and we're just hanging out with him this summer and, you know, pushing, hey, what are you thinking about um, for college? And he just, I'm going to Shenango campus for two years. I'm studying business. I'm going to (laughs) University Park for two years. And that's my plan. Oh. And we love it. <laughs> he knows that he's a sophomore in high school. So just this morning I texted his mom and dad and said, "Hey, if that's really his plan, he, knows he needs to start thinking about um, dual enrollment classes towards junior senior year. Like I lo- like that. That's what I love about the Shenango campus. It brings what can be huge 40,000 students, Beaver Stadium, 100,000 fawn. Like these are all huge big things. It brings it approachable to anybody in the community and in a meaningful way. And I love that we have athletics now. Um, I worked with Ty and the campus on the advisory board to raise the funding to get athletics going. And I was talking to Brandon yesterday, the athletics director. We were just spitballing the economic impact uh, of of athletics. And I think we raised 50,000 to get baseball going, right? That's Mm -hmm. a big number, right? Well, we just, the back of the envelope, if you add together what the tuition dollars for the 35 baseball players are plus the amount of money they'll spend on housing and just spending around town, it's almost 1.2 million. Mm -hmm. Think about that. 50,000 generated almost 1.2 million. And that helps stimulate, and all that money, like they're getting haircuts, they're Mm -hmm. going to Julian's, they're going to the Lube, they're going to Axe Performing Arts Center, maybe going to a comedy show. Uh, they're buying you're buying pizza here for the students so the pizza shops are it, it that economic you know autonomous spending multiplier, right It has a real economic impact and that's I'm really passionate about economic development in this area and Penn State is central to that in uh, growing the student population tapping into the resources of Launchbox, tapping into the resources of university park and really trumpeting what we have here to to pull together for this whole region and Penn, I, i'm just so passionate about that that it really you know between hoopcat the theater the downtown business improvement district you know Shenango. what's going on at westinghouse with ag there's so many good things happening right now
0: yeah it's hard to hard not to notice those things. I feel like if, if you listen to sports radio 96.7 or 790, you're probably tired of hearing my voice because I was on there. back <laughs> yeah. in weeks. But uh, I think, you know, I, you, you mentioned everything I talked about on there about just all the exciting things and the growth. And I think, um, you know, I, I could give you a list of students that, you know, things that we take for granted that we don't really you know, pay attention to. But, you know, uh, a group of students that just graduated last year, you know, not from the area. And they they are like, oh, yeah, we go to the outlets, you know, once a month at least. Like we love going out there and where mm-hmm. they'll talk about their favorite restaurant or we'll say, you know, like uh, I was talking to a student yesterday about muscarellas. I'm like, you got to yeah. try muscarellas, one of my mm-hmm. favorite Italian restaurants. Like it's fantastic. But I think you know sometimes it's overlooked that impact of, of what these students bring to the area, not just the excitement and the energy, but you know, spending dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but also, and again, I apologize for those listeners of those radio programs, but the fact that those student athletes that are bringing a different dynamic here, and, and hopefully, again, we want to branch out and you know, you know, focus on the arts at some point. But the, those student athletes coming here has created a dynamic that has brought other students that have Mm -hmm. no interest in athletics being interested, like spend a summer evening. We had huge numbers that we haven't had in a very long time here. Mm -hmm. Um, Tiny portion of that, of those students that came that night were student athletes. But they know student athletes that came here. They know non-student athletes that came here now. And now they're interested in in Penn State Shenango. And I think that's the thing that and I I will, you know, just kind of echo what you said. I, I think there are big things on the horizon for, oh, yeah. for Shenango, but also the area. I really well,
6: do. And everybody needs a place to connect, right? That's meaningful. And I think Shenango campus, I, I I've re, I've recommended students for years to check out the Shenango campus. I'm like, listen. Anyone in that box that works for Penn State will truly literally do anything for you as long as you're putting in the work. They will work with you. They will do anything to help you be successful. Um, and it, it truly blows my mind at the depth of resources that are on this, you know, campus here. Um, and I know that you'll get taken care of, you know, whether you need to change majors, you need some counseling services, or you just need somebody to, like, sit with you and calm you right? Mm-hmm. Or you just want, you need to play a game or, you know, pool or anything, or just go to a volleyball game or whatever. Um, you, you find a place to connect. And I, you find that here. And then even with like the music and the arts thing, we're reaching out to our students and listen students. Um, you don't, like <laughs> we, we we're putting on shows this fall, a show called Pippin. We're doing a Christmas show. We're doing Gypsy next spring. You can be a college student here at Shenango and audition for shows at Axe mm-hmm. Performing Arts Center. You can. We have students from Teal. It gives you a place. It gives you your, your, your team, your posse, right? Like, (laughs) like that's, that was, I had, I needed my blue band family. Like if you play baseball or you like the arts, there's, there's opportunities all around you. Find your niche, find your people, and you'll live a much happier network, you know, life in this community.
0: Amen. Very
5: true. This is so positive and uplifting.
0: (laughs) Well, you opened the door on Axe Performing Arts Center, and, uh, you know, can you kind of describe what goes on there, and also what your role is with with that uh, that center?
6: Sure. I'm a board member there. Uh, we started off, uh, I think it's 12 years ago now, in Sharpsville, and then during the pandemic we had to shift locations, we had the opportunity to um, to rent, and then we bought the old Sacred Heart Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And so we've rebranded, we are now Axe Performing Arts Center. Uh if you have any interest in doing anything with music or theater, um, contact us. Uh, it's uh, it, we can connect you with uh, voice lessons. With uh, you know, if you want to get on stage, get on stage. Uh, we do any a whole series of of our own productions in a cabaret. We have two stages: one downstairs called Forty Below, and the main stage upstairs. But um, I mean, truly, anything from a cabaret style show downstairs, dinner theater to. Um, we did Carousel, uh, major spring production this past spring. Uh, we can see over 200 people upstairs. We can see just under 100 downstairs, and really, it's it's a nice blend of two performing spaces. This fall alone, we have, um, gosh, production of Pippin. We're doing a Christmas show. And we have a comedian, a a team of comedians coming, plus some cabaret style things. But yeah, it's just a few blocks here from Penn State. And that's why we called it Axe Performing Arts Center. We're not a community theater. We're responding to the needs and, and growing the programming.
0: Awesome.
5: If you have any flyers or anything for that, feel free to send to Student Affairs. Oh, absolutely. I'd <laughs> love to put those up.
6: Yeah, please do and, and push the season out there. And I was just mentioning to, to Dr. Carrick and Leah, like we have these comedians coming to town. So maybe that could be a good experience mm-hmm. for, you know, get our students here from campus over and enjoy a night. Sometimes we have liquor licenses. Sometimes we do BYOB uh, or, you know, drinks by donation. So it's, it's a very affordable kind of evening for college students to, mm-hmm. to come out
5: of age college student. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. they can they
6: yeah. they can be 18 and over if it's a BYOB, right? Yeah. So, you know, but they wouldn't bring their own alcohol right Right, we have pop and other as they say say. pop (laughs) (laughs) pop i'm not from here
1: soda
5: (laughs) soda sound like you're from Um. minnesota Soda. but i know a lot of the athletes that like move to the area they're looking for stuff to do in the Mm -hmm. evenings and weekends Mm -hmm. you know and aside from our home athletic games that aren't maybe their sport um that they're coming out to support it be nice to show them like oh well this comedian's going on tonight why don't you go check it out yeah Mm -hmm. grab a bite at this place and they actually give you a penn state you know discount so Mm -hmm. just kind of like connecting them almost giving them ideas of stuff to do after hours yeah and
6: what we're trying to do as a theater is also then bundle some things because we did that in sharpsville when we were there with muscarellas you you could get a discount on your meal muscarellas if you had tickets to the show that night well what happened (laughs) <laughs> they sold out all their <laughs> reservations the night we had shows because everybody wanted to go to Mascarella's for the mm-hmm. pasta and the yeah. sauce and whatever of course. so we're working on relationships with all the new restaurants in the downtown to cuz what do you do you want to go to dinner and a show so okay go to Julian's go to the block go to Quaker steak go to uh, elephant elephant number 8 I think is what it is it's yeah. mm-hmm. coming to town yeah. like we want to have the, all those relationships with all the restaurants to make it an experience. And the same thing for the college students. So, like, what kind of experience are, do they want based on their budget? So, you know, that those are all the things. We're we're just getting going with it this year mm-hmm. um, because all those restaurants are coming online. Mm-hmm. But that's really the the drive is arts as an economic driver in the community, building on all the great stuff like Water Fire for years of, okay, well, these are the drum beats between the Water Fires, mm-hmm. right? So.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it really is. So I feel like we've covered an awful lot, but, uh, you know, Tom, what are things that you enjoy doing outside of helping everyone else?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, obviously, I spent a lot of time at University Park. Uh, I'm through there. I love my family. Uh, When I got off the road, the the driving force in that was one of my mentors when I was 16, Dr. Tim Lotzenheiser said, Tell me how you spend your time, and I'll tell you... What your priorities are Hmm. and i really finally heard that when i was 35 and i went wow i have this amazing wife and i'm never home so i my first step towards gaining control that was when i was 35 and that's when i went to work with her and her business and i've kind of used that as like my like my north pole right yeah or my 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 north so um really I, i love doing things with music i love doing things with the arts um, you'll see, I've learned so much through my wife in landscaping, gardening, <laughs> like she drives backhoes and bobcats and she's taught me how to do that stuff. So you'll find me splitting wood, a backyard fire, um, spending time with my favorite people, um, really kind of low key. I'm actually kind of introverted. I know that's going to sound Interesting. weird. Um, <laughs> uh, despite what I do for a living and what I've done for a living, I like nothing better than just chilling with a small group of really cool people that are really authentic, real, good people, and just enjoying a fire like that's probably one of my favorite things.
0: That's That sounds like a perfect uh, answer to me. I agree. I don't actually I, like when I leave here, I tend not to speak words. I kind of <laughs> just go home and I'm like, just everyone just l- l- let me be. Let me, let me go out on the deck and just mm-hmm. enjoy the silence, be with my wife, be with my dogs and and call it a day. Um, so I know I, I, I don't. I've, I actually feel like I agree with that statement a lot. Like I can be, you know, talking all day, and then the moment I go home, I'm like, I just, you know, I just want to relax. That's all I want to do. So I understand that. Nothing's better than a good, good fire, especially uh, mm-hmm. come fall time. So,
6: yeah, there's a there's an artist I'm a huge fan of. His name is Robbie Schaefer, and S C H. S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R S- Robbie Schaefer He's out of Virginia I'm trying to get him here To come to perform oh, okay. But he has a song called Two Bookends And it's it Basically it's a song About a husband and wife Sitting by the fire oh, And just cool. It's just a really ch- Chill, cool song And like That's really Like one of my favorite Like last night My wife and I Just chilled at home Read Had a nice dinner Watched a movie Bed Like I love that I love all the excitement And homecoming <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all the stuff That's economic development Too But I just those are the rich moments.
0: Wow. You know, every once in a while we have these super deep episodes. So <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, you know, we have back-to-back Tom's on on these episodes, so I'm going to have to text Tom Roskus and be like, hey, man, <laughs> come, come with come some up. anecdotes <laughs> or, or I something. S- I still
6: get his emails, by the way. Because, <laughs> you know, Roskus, Roberts, it's not that far off. Uh, we work with some of the same accounting people. For sure. And every so often I'll get this financial question about Buell Park and I'll write back and say, I have some opinions, but I really don't think they mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, sorry. Please delete it. Yep. You got it. So.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's fun. funny. Oh, do you guys have any more questions uh, for Tom before we get on to our segment?
5: Oh, wait. I do. Oh, oh, oh. yes. You, you don't yes. have Do you have any pets or have you had any pets?
0: So my, my favorite pet
6: ever was my dog, Jack. I lost him in 2008, um, but he was a long-haired whippet and he was amazing. Oh. Um, and he went everywhere with me. So I don't have any pets right now, but I, you're
5: a little too busy for pets.
6: Well, yeah, <laughs> it's, but, uh, I was blessed for years with the family business with cottage gardens we've had and I've helped take care of, um, Reindeer, alpacas, peacocks. <laughs> Wait, they uh, have those things? We did. We've gotten rid of most of them okay. now. Um, all different types of animals, because they take a lot of work and time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy. I've I've had days when the reindeer got out, and I had to go out and get them back in the <laughs> oh pen, gosh. or help vaccinate, or give shots, or sometimes even help shave an alpaca. <laughs> That's not fun. Let me tell
0: you. <laughs> um, no, I can't imagine.
6: It I guess you would call it sheer, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's. Um, now, I've, I've lived a blessed life. Uh, I love what we're doing here at the campus. I love LaunchBox, what we're doing there. Shenango.launchbox.psu.edu. Get there, send everybody there that you know, and you'll see a lot more stuff happening this this fall.
0: <laughs> I I love it. I do. Uh, so, yeah, well, we're going to keep Tom on. We're going to move on to Memory Lane. And Cassandra, maybe you can go to College Garden sooner rather than later so you can see what animals are left. <laughs> So, yeah, I can't believe you didn't know that. I've never talked about that.
5: Well, I know it's like basically your backyard, but honestly, I don't. I just drive past when I go home, when I go through Mercer, and I'm just like, oh, look at all the plants.
0: Yeah, look I, I can it. tell you over my lifetime the amount of birds that have managed to escape and make their way to the <laughs> front are yard. Birds um, My favorite uh, actually was a peacock that was in the backyard. <laughs> I was... Literally stunned. When Don't I they make t- a
5: noise? They like oh, yeah. squawk or something.
6: Sure
0: it- didn't when I came around the corner. And like hour, the the feathers came out and I was like, oh no.
6: <laughs> I've heard people say, is that a cat dying?
0: <laughs> like no, it's just a peacock. Uh-oh. But you know what? It's so funny. Like like that. Those the bird noises actually help me fall asleep. Yep. No. So no, over the years, lying. when when it's gotten like less and less, like it's it sort of has taken away the the sleepiness it's like they're. i don't know it's hard to explain one of
6: my neighbors moved away and she said you know what i miss most when i'm not here i said what she said the peacocks
0: yeah it's huh. true
6: yeah she she cuz it's, it's it's always been there and i don't like the silence right now i even said to my wife the other day i said i think we need to get some peacocks for yes ourselves. yes so just to have them you
5: know martha stewart raises peacocks does she really really i saw it on the kardashians <laughs> 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 must be true then they a do something. make a, a very strange sound ah! Yes. Yeah, that's all, see. Yes. I'm glad you did it because I was going to try and I didn't want to get embarrassed.
6: Oh, uh, you're
0: fine. <laughs> I, I like the noise, but again,
5: Everyone
4: basic, can Andy basically a peacock for 30 his birthday. years
0: of it, I think is, is probably what's done it to me anyways. <laughs> that perfectly se- sets up uh, memory lane.
4: <laughs> it
1: does?
0: Yeah, because okay. I have lots of memories. Uh, but uh, first question of memory lane, again, we're going back in time. Uh, this is back to school special. So if you could relive one first day of school, what grade would it be and why? And you know exactly where I'm going. I'm going to Tom first. He's got to answer because he's our special guest. So reliving one first day of school, what grade would it be and why?
6: Ooh. I'd probably say my freshman year of high school. Oh. Hmm. And it's because I was at that point, that's when I talk about marching band. Yeah. That was my first day of school was actually band camp. So it would have been my first year in the marching band as a freshman in high school, 14. I got to go to camp with all these upperclassmen that were, like, scary people. And they made it not scary, and we had fun. So learned how to march and play and was horrible uh, as a freshman. Yeah, probably one of my favorites,
0: yeah. That's fantastic. What a good answer and well thought out, too. Who's going to be my next victim? Bruce, you're you're my next victim.
2: Uh probably be the first day of first grade
0: okay why is that
2: my first time in school because I didn't go to kindergarten oh so I was excited to ride the school bus and like meet new people and all that stuff and then yeah
6: that's big yeah
2: didn't turn out the way I wanted it to (laughs) (laughs) so I actually got sent home on my first day because not all the the paperwork was complete (laughs) Oh. I, was I thought
0: maybe you were going to say something else like, you know, <laughs> but, you hit a kid with a yeah, dodgeball or something like the that.
2: Pine yeah. Maybe.
6: No, no. Pine oh. Does not play well with <laughs> others. <laughs> so, <huh? laughs>
2: but then the second day ended up being my kind of favorite day because I actually got to stay in school that day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. <So. laughs> Eric, I'm going to you next.
1: I had a hard time remembering back too far, honestly. <laughs> so I think I'm going to go with my freshman year of college because everything was just brand new. I was going to be on my own. I could have my own space and I could just do whatever I wanted with it. So, yeah, I was very excited about that. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. And it was actually my second time seeing Teal College <laughs> 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 instead of, you know, the normal trip. So I got to see more about the campus and learn more and meet new people
3: so it's good
0: that's awesome jeryl what Let's do you got for us
3: say my first day of my senior year in high school because i went to sharon so you had seventh graders through twelfth graders in the same building and i remember in seventh grade thinking one day i'm gonna be one of those big kids the hype in my head didn't mm-hmm. pan out as well as i thought it was going to <laughs> <laughs> but i just remember like i made it i made it and i don't understand everybody makes it <laughs> <laughs>
5: not everyone makes not it. everyone Gerlin. but
3: i was so excited my first day of my senior year like this is it this is and then you know i went on to college but senior year was was a big year for me
0: yeah that's awesome great answer because andy was it is it a pinecone day no hurling pine cones at kids? no
5: <laughs> uh, it wasn't my favorite day then but now it is i'll say um but freshman year at, at university park Uh, I was an only child at the house I grew up in from with my mom anyways. So I was privileged to have my own room and different things like that. And um, I learned quickly to adapt around others and have like, you know, a more like they were communications majors and I was an engineering student at the time and so like obviously our schedules were vastly different mm-hmm. and it was a triple room so it was like we had one bathroom and two open rooms mm-hmm. basically on the first floor of in Pollock in Oh I lived in Pollock. Yeah I lived in <laughs> Schultz Hall. Um yep. shunk and porter. Yeah. Yeah. And I I liked it to a point. I was so excited about my classes. Like that part was so great to me. I was like, oh I'm so new here. Like no one really knows me. There's only like four people from my high school. But that being forced out of my comfort zone, like all at Mm -hmm. once, your parents being three hours away, your boyfriend being three hours away, figuring it out, having no car, you know, Mm -hmm. figuring out all of the things. And I was like, I have to do this. Like, I have to make it work. And then I was, like, freaking out. But now looking back, I'm like, that was when, like, I was really starting to grow up then. Mm -hmm. And I'm very thankful for that experience, even though, obviously, I transferred to Shenango the next semester. (laughs) It made me realize, like, okay, you took home for granted. Let's go back.
6: Yes. Well, and that's the beauty of Penn State is Mm -hmm. you can you can go from here to there. You can start there. You can finish here. There's four year degrees. It's Mm -hmm. you as you ebb and flow and you've gotten to see it all.
0: So you can advise students. Exactly.
5: And that's why I wanted to come back and work for Penn State.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you regret that yet? Or no,
5: <laughs> no, no, no. She I works regret- with
0: this guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah
5: see, my boss I like, was thinking
0: is like
6: really
5: you know.
0: His name's Andy. Stay away. I wouldn't want <laughs> to <laughs> see him run. I've yeah, heard that, about. That's me. when you question life decisions. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the perspective of time—if you would have asked me this question ten years ago—I might have had a different response. But I'm going to actually go my senior year of college. And I think it's because I was living with uh, a group of guys that I had come to know as as brothers. Plus, I was living with um, uh, my best friend since I was a child. Uh, We had, you know, a school all the way through together, college. Uh, In fact, he was just in town a few months ago. But uh, and then, you know, not I mean, guys that end up becoming like brothers to me. uh, I think, you know, that that first day back, you know, after that summer, because, you know, you know, you've got friends from Katana, you've got mm-hmm. friends from Michigan, and you're all back one last time. And, and, you know, it's hard It's hard to kind of put into words what that that's like living with those guys for three years, four years, and then your final year going back. And, um, man, if I could relive that, I I absolutely would. So um, sometimes I think about those days and how we're all, you know, married, you know, kids. And, and, you know, it's just how it would be nice to just have one day where you're back in, in college just, you know, chatting, you know, going to dinner or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I I definitely miss those days uh, more often than I probably should. But that's my answer. All right, uh, we we only have time for probably one more. And I'm going to do the very next one because I have a great answer for this. (laughs) Did your parents ever dress you in an embarrassing outfit that you hated for the first day of school? Or flip side, were there any outfits that you chose to wear for the first day of school that you loved? I only have one answer, but I'm going to start with Tom. Tom, do you have a hmm. a first day outfit or?
6: I'm trying to think about this. <laughs> I remember being like sixth, sixth grade, seventh grade. Yeah, like still wearing sweatpants to school, <laughs> and like I just thought it was cool, like back in like middle, like it was we we're after middle school but not in high school, like you could still get away with. And I, I know kids today wear sweatpants all the yeah. time, right? But back then, like, oh, you didn't, you never wore sweatpants yeah. in high school, but you could still pull it off in, like, middle school, like sixth, seventh grade. And uh, I don't know, just when you're, you're wearing, like, sweatpants to feel good, your new kicks <laughs> and a sweatshirt that, like, just fits awesome, whether it's your Penn State, certainly not at Ohio State, but, you know, like, whatever that favorite sweatshirt of yours is that's just, you're comfortable, um, I'd say that's probably
0: it. That's awesome. Uh, Cassandra, let's go to you.
5: I always chose my outfits for the first day of school, but looking back, I'm slightly embarrassed because I went through a tomboy phase where I only wore blue and I only wore Nothing cargo wrong with pants. That. No. Nothing cargo wrong with that. Shorts. The majority of my wardrobe. Yeah, it was like fourth grade and um, blue was my thing. I had a Bratz blue backpack and that's the only girly thing I really wore. How old? again? I don't know, whatever fourth grade is.
0: Oh, so, I don't know. I have no Seven. idea who that is. I'm not Fifth
6: like... grade's ten, so you're probably eight or nine. Yeah. There you I go. had
5: Mrs. Garrett. She's still my favorite teacher. I saw her two weekends ago. I love her. Nice. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I wore all blue in my school pictures. I had a middle part, <laughs> harsh middle part, thick, chunky um, blonde pieces in my hair. I was like, start dyeing my hair in third grade, fourth grade. Wow. Yeah.
0: You started doing that well, young.
5: Yeah. My mom, she, you know, Started me acting bougie young. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. So embarrassed, but I chose my own.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So I can only blame myself. That's great. I I like that. Uh, Gerilyn, how about you?
3: I'm going to blame my mother for this one. (laughs) I hope she's listening. And I hope I don't bring it up because now we're going to talk about it if my family hears it again. (laughs) For some reason, I had these ugly red glasses. I don't know why. I am as blind as a bat. My mom got me (laughs) red glasses And people made fun of me for it, including my family. And they'll be like, "Do you remember those red glasses?" And I'm like, "No," but why? Why did my mom give me ugly red glasses? They were bright red, like
6: because you kept losing them.
3: I don't (laughs) see them. I'm like, where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? Can't you see
6: them? They're right over there. They're red. (laughs) They're (laughs) They're huge. (laughs) They're huge.
3: They were probably the cheapest ones my mom could buy, and she's like, "You look cute," and I'm like, "I don't look cute." There is photographic evidence of me wearing these glasses and I try to burn every single picture.
0: I think the red glasses though today with that oh, yellow shirt would be awesome. Yeah. I gotta be
3: honest. Make fun of me.
0: No, we wouldn't. Ever, We'd be like, that's awesome. I'm
1: reliving my childhood.
5: You're owning it now. You're taking ownership of it, okay? Change nice. the
0: narrative. What's, what's old is new again, so without a doubt that would be popular. No, somehow.
3: I don't think it was ever nice. It was never good. It was we need to see a photo to verify. Yes. I will get a photo. It was terrible.
0: I get it. My brother had like big, like maroon Coke bottle lenses, and it was terrible. So. You no,
3: know, I have I'm very blind, yeah. so my lenses so he. are very mm-hmm. big. So he. And I'm like, that's not cute. <laughs> but they were, um, you know, my mom was a single mom, so she probably got the cheapest things, but yeah. At least not. you could see Gerilyn. Yeah, He's a man. Yeah. Yeah. Now I know, you I'm sound so like ungrateful. her mother. I'm so ungrateful.
0: <laughs> so like when my kids get glasses, I'm like, nope. Nope. I think you should, though. I know. Let them relive what you had to go through. But if it,
1: they get to choose. It builds
0: character as yeah. well, I would think. Um,
1: I don't know. You have no idea.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of no idea, Erica, why don't you tell us what your answer is?
1: Jarlyn, I, I don't know if it was necessarily the mother, single mother role, But I feel like my mother's role was to get me the ugliest things ever, which motivated me to get a job at a young age (laughs) in a mall to buy my own clothes because she had no clue. And I tried my best to work with what I had. So I would create my own outfits. But uh, I remember specifically my mother's argument for every time she picked out this horrible shirt or these horrible pants or whatever. She would tell me the name of the designer like it mattered to me. And they weren't even like top of the line designers. She would say, oh, well, these are Jordache. Okay. I think her favorite was Capizio or whatever. I'm like, that doesn't change anything. They're still ugly. It does nothing for me. So that was a constant battle at my house. Just, you know, single mom, I'm going to pick out the ugliest thing ever. Here you go. Make it work.
3: <laughs> you will wear it and you will like it. Yes,
1: yeah, you know my pain.
3: You didn't Fantastic. have big red glasses? Though. No,
1: I did have rainbow frames though. Oh. They were the light blue, like translucent. They had oh. blue here and pink and
3: yeah, it was That bad. was probably nice. I got to pick they... those out myself though, oh. so I'm
1: the blame. <laughs> <I don't...
3: laughs> My fault. I don't remember getting picking out the red glasses. Maybe I did, but I regretted it, but I do think they were the cheapest. Mom. Mhm. Thanks. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Mom. <laughs> Love you. <laughs>
0: I'm glad we're thanking mothers. It's important. <laughs> Bruce, what do you got for me? Embarrassing or good?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say embarrassing, but maybe like annoying. 'Cause like my parents tried to like dress me up for like first grade and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So like they would have like I gotta have like a a an undershirt and like a button up shirt. Oh wow. And oh and oh like, you
5: probably look so cute. You know,
2: I mean I look back and I'm like, I yeah, did look kinda fancy back then. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I used to hate it because like I yeah, as a child run, I run hot. Yeah. Mm. So like I was just like roasting to death. So I'd end up like getting to school, taking <laughs> off my undershirt <laughs> and just putting on my t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> or not t-shirt but the you know like the, the button down. up. Did you ever yeah.
0: have like a little clip on bow tie cuz that would have no. been, awesome. oh, oh,
2: oh, been, been perfect. No, that would have been perfect. Perfect. No, but so then like I'd occasionally forget to put my undershirt on back before I got home and they'd be like well, where's your undershirt and it's like uh, it's in my backpack. <laughs> I don't wear it. So they eventually gave up on that and just let me like, yeah. wear T-shirts instead. And,
3: and sweatpants? Yeah. No
2: sweatpants. <laughs> no. <laughs> but
0: sweatpants, but a button up. <laughs> yeah. yeah <right? laughs> I, like it. I like it. You know, you well, started, I can see that being a trend now. Right? So, comfortable mm-hmm. business, man. Yeah, yeah. Right?
3: Right? <laughs> that came out of Zoom
0: yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) true i'm not gonna lie i definitely did that when we were at like the the height of the pandemic i was like i'm not putting real pants on i will put on a polo and shorts and Uh that's the best thing that's that's gonna happen
3: i had my pajama pants on and see we were all on the same page
0: (laughs) yeah i I don't have any fun outfits because from first through eighth grade i had to wear a uniform and then in high school i had to wear uh, we had a dress code at, at kennedy so it was not exactly Super uh, exciting, but my mom liked to purchase all of my clothes from one place, and that place was Osh Gosh Bagosh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have a picture from my first day of school, and I'm wearing stretchy overalls. Oh, um, they're very they're scrunchy at the bottom, so they're like kind of tight, you know. And uh, dinosaur socks and this like awkward. That started red your dinosaur
5: shirt. obsession.
0: I will say this, uh, not embarrassed. Loved the dinosaur socks, and I still have a pair of dinosaur socks that I wear. I don't wear nice. them often because you know I, I like to wear you know no-show socks with my with my sneaks. But uh, yeah, so that was fun. I have a nice little picture. Uh, Alex loves the picture of me. Uh, look at Bruce's haircut. Oh,
4: how cute! But, You're wearing
0: uh,
2: your undershirt. Yeah, but that was a uh, picture day, so I I had to wear it.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's that's mine. Nice little overalls. And I, I wore them quite a bit because Oshkosh Bagosh had a very specific style back in the day. Yes, so, yes they did. Yeah. It was not... Uh, I wouldn't call it trendy, <laughs> but it was something. It was something. It was yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mom.
5: Stripes and overalls were definitely a thing for a
0: long time. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, I mean... I wore those in a lot of my kids' Overalls things. seem like they're kind of coming back, yeah, right? Overalls. Yeah. One
1: strap down. Yeah. That's exactly Leg what up, it is. Boots.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's like 90s. That was my jam back yeah. in the
1: day. Oh, yeah. Big hair. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's
0: go to spotlight before we embarrass ourselves further. <laughs> so, my spotlight for this week, and I'm going to highlight our wonderful women's volleyball team. We have a huge number of freshmen. Uh, I want to wish them uh, best of luck in their first uh, home contest. I watched the live stream of the uh, scrimmage last night. I don't know if you guys had a chance to, but mm-hmm. the girls look great. They looked excited. They were high-fiving each other. It was just fantastic to see. And, uh, again, you know, the energy that they've sort of brought, they're they're, they're out there in the Great Hall all the time, enjoying themselves, talking. So I, I want to spotlight them. They've they've worked really hard this summer. They've really come together, the the returners, the freshmen. I'm just really excited about what they have uh, in store and um, you know, I think just spotlight all of, all of those that have worked really hard over the summer to, to get ready for this, this fall semester and you know, work, work together to give our students the best experience possible. I think that there's a lot of work behind the scenes. And, and you know, again, like the collaborations you know, that Tom talked about, I think you know, spotlight on all those people that have worked really hard over the summer to get ready for this, this fall semester and make it our, our best one in a long time. So having said that, I'm going to thank Tom. I mean. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. You know, we've been dying to get you on, I think, for obvious reasons. Um, But thank you so much for explaining and and, and sharing with everyone all the amazing things that that the community has to offer and obviously what you're working on. uh, You know, I know everyone kind of knows you in the community. Somehow, you know, everybody always fascinating to to kind of chat about that but um yeah thank you so much for coming man it's, it's always a pleasure with you so.
6: yeah just if you have any anybody who has an idea just get them to Launchbox, and uh we'll take care of them
0: we appreciate it uh that wraps us up for today another fantastic episode as always please subscribe and listen and the most important thing you can do is be kind you jabronis we're out
1: bye bye, bye. goodbye, goodbye.